Welcome to the Success Ascent. My name is Pat Mancuso. I'm the creator and host of our show. Today, we welcome an amazing individual by the name of Don Brightman. Now, let me tell you about Don very quickly. He was one of the youngest area directors in the Toastmaster organization at the age of 23. That should tell you a lot about what you're going to get from this episode. He's also a three-time author, and he shares a couple of things I'd like to share with you right now. First, he talks about how to have a rock-solid mindset with an acronym titled RAVE. He'll talk more about that during our session. And then he shares three important skills that everyone who has a desire for success should develop. I know you won't be disappointed today in our episode, so on to the ascent. Welcome to the Success Ascent. My name is Pat Mancuso, and I'm excited that you are with us today. I have a gentleman who I'm going to introduce to you in just a second who has a very impressive track record in a short period of time. And I know that he's going to share his success journey and also the opportunities where he's grown. So let me do an intro to Dom. Uh, Dom Brightman is uh, the owner of Dom Brightman International. And uh, since his youth, Dominique, I'm going to go with Dom because he's given me permission to do that. Dom has had uh, many tendencies as a leader. He's uh, been following the youngest and the greatest figures in society to gain skills and mindset of those who go the furthest. He's a certified speaker uh, with John Maxwell, which is an amazing accomplishment. That's pretty high standards uh, to accomplish that with John. As an active member of Toastmasters International, he was the youngest area director in Region 7 at the age of 23. Oh, my goodness gracious. Under his leadership, Dom's area became distinguished for the 2015-2016 years. So obviously great accolades there. On the platform, he engages with his audience and inspires them with laughter. He also has a passion for reading. Dom's published three books, including Going North, Tips on Techniques and to Advance Yourself. And he followed that up with Stay the Course, The Seven Elite Performer Secrets to Sustainable Success. And finally, he's a contributing author for Crappy to Happy. I love that title, Dom. Sacred Stories of Transformational Joy. Finally, as the host of the Going North podcast, he interviews authors around the world to help listeners become inspired to one day publish books on their own and help them overcome daily obstacles they will all face. Because of his podcast, Dom was listed as one of the top 10 self-help podcasters in the world alongside Brendan Burchard, Gretchen Rubin, Luz Howes, and Steve Olsner. So, uh, wow, what an impressive introduction, Dom. So welcome to the show. My man, the powerful Pat, man. I'm, I'm honored to be here with you, man. Thanks for the invite. Looking forward to sharing some magical gold with you. Hopefully some folks get the takeaway and become more successful afterwards. <laughs> well, Don, thanks so much. So I always start off the podcast that, you know, we always get the intros and we read them. And yet I say, so Don, tell us who's the real Don. Like, where's Don from? You know, what, what's Don's daily life look like? What would you share with us? Sure thing. So for those who probably want to know more <laughs> outside of that wonderful introduction, that was probably as long as a dragon scroll is the fact that I'm just a quiet kid who found his confidence in the land of charm, crime and crabs known as Baltimore, Maryland, and just really just grew up as a church boy, went to school and funny enough, wasn't an A student, but hey, I still had tenacity enough to be able to really make sure that high school wasn't my wasn't the best days of my life but made sure that the days after high school and beyond are going to be the best days of my life because that's when the real opportunity gets to show up in life and that's really where it comes down to where I am today now just really just 
inspiring people, help people to create their own versions of success through creating pieces of immortality like books and podcasts of their own and inspiring people while also still mainly focusing on the power of the written word because I've been in the library for 13 years and taking that experience of not only being around books, but being around people, day-to-day people in, com- in the community and just helping them, whether it be through job resumes and just helping them just be able to get better use with technology, like really just using all of those skills to combine them into just taking it to where I am today, just really helping people. Cause that's what I'm all about is just assisting others to advance in life. Well, Dom, I love that. And you know, when I was doing the research, one of the things I picked up uh, from you is, is you read a lot. Tell me what kind of drives that, like, was that something you experienced in childhood or did a mentor help you with that? Where did you pick up that desire to read a lot? Yeah, that desire to read, that was kind of like an acres of diamonds because growing up, I loved reading books, but then as the grades kept getting higher and higher in terms of year, like middle school around that magical time, (laughs) for lack of a better word, they started assigning books that made you hate reading. And I was not a fan of reading for years. Heck, even got even started part-time in high school, 11th grade year in a library. And I worked in there for about a good four, five years before I started falling in love with reading again. And that was because I had a turning point in life where in 2012, where we thought (laughs) the world was going to end, but all that happened is that we lost Twinkies for a month, got into a three-pronged attack. My father was stricken with Alzheimer's, got into a car accident on my 21st birthday. And on the five-year anniversary of the job where my boss was having a lot of new hires come in since it was going to be a new school year new school semester new season i was going to be looked at as a leader and i wasn't showing those leadership qualities that she knew that i possessed and in that three-pronged attack something triggered in my mind leadership so i went to the leadership section of the library picked up one of john maxwell's books read that from cover to cover start to finish and then i fell in love with reading again because i found something that inspired me something that encouraged me something to motivate me and that just pushed me to really love reading again. So I just just ran, went crazy, became almost like in the early stages of personal development. One of those guinea pigs likes to read and everything you pick up and then try to take at least some advice and apply it to your life because that's really where the magic happens when you take the actual action from what you read and what you c- consume. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of people le- read a lot of great books and there's a lot of great books out there and yet, if we just read them and we don't take action, it's like entertainment, right? Mm-hmm. So let yep. me ask you a question. Be- because you really have made that a passion, is there any tips and tricks you would give to somebody like that you're utilizing to maximize reading books? Like, are, are, you know, it, like the number of books, the speed of books, are you listening, you know, it, people have different tricks to do that. I'm just curious if you've got anything you would share with our listeners. Uh, yes, there's a classic one. If you are commuting still while we're recovering from the pandemic nonsense going around this darn virus is to turn your car to automobile university, like using audiobooks, check them out at your local library. If you still got a car with a CD player in it or heck even listening to podcasts, because I still love books. I still read books. But with 2020, I've learned that books are great, but they can be a little slow, even if you learn learn how to speed read. Because I usually read with my finger or with a pen to guide me. But if I can get one or two good tips out of a podcast episode, 
like the success of scent, like, hey, then that's really good too. And then if you have someone on on a podcast and they're an author, then you can check out their book later and learn even more tips. So what I would suggest is to basically listen to books while you're moving around and while you're staying active and that even listening to the audiobooks at 1.25 speed. And if you can go to two or maybe three, like some people actually can surprisingly, then right. going ahead and do that. So that way you can consume the content a lot quicker. And then you can actually pause it, go back a few seconds, and then making sure you keep a notepad with you to write it down. And I say write it down physically because when you write something down, you're connecting your hand to the pen and the pen and the hand connects to your brain. And when it's connected to your brain, it'll stay in there a lot longer as opposed to you just tapping a few buttons on the phone that aren't really physical buttons. They're just there on the darn phone itself. So that's probably a big major tip is to really tap into the power of audio listening and don't and don't let anybody shame you and say that's not reading because just at the end of the day, when you read or listen, you're consuming content. Absolutely. Well, there was, and, and the reason I asked that is I was listening to a podcast, interestingly enough, and uh, strategy was shared where, um, and I'm, I'm actually applying this right now, and it's, it's becoming really successful for me, is I'm buying both the audio and the hard copy, and then I'm listening to the audio at one and a half, highlighting in the book, and I'm getting through almost twice as many pages as I would if I was just reading it and retaining a lot more. And so um, that's just a, sh- a, a tip that I would share uh, for all of our listeners, um, because you're right, we, we learning based is so important. And we've got to connect that, not just with what we're reading, but we also got to connect it to our head. So, so let me, um, let me ask you about John Maxwell. So, I mean, it's no easy feat and it's, it's not a free deal to become a certified coach with Maxwell. I mean, that's a big deal. Um, That's a really big deal. And, and so, you know, when you decided to make that commitment, tell me what that process looked like, because, because that's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And one thing when it comes to certifications, whether it be with John, John Maxwell or anyone else, is the fact that some people go and to certifications as the be all end all like this is going to take my business to the newest heights i may be a bad speaker now but over this weekend i'm gonna be as good as les brown and these other great folks out there and that's not the case because that investment came after learning about it i'd say three years before i actually got the certification because i joined toastmasters in 20 late 2013 learned about the John Maxwell team in around 2015 because a couple Toastmasters were actually certified under him. And I, I, I talked to him about it and it sounded interesting. And when they told me the price point, I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was great, man. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll just uh, save my money now. And then I'll just put that in the gold board for later. And yeah. 2019, yep. 2019 was the year where, basically they had this friends deal where you can actually get in and actually double with the John Maxwell disc certification too. And the first six months free of mentorship. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is cheap. It was, it was probably at a discount. It was probably a 65% discount. I was able to get in on the friend deal that holiday season. And that's really what happened. And when I got there that weekend in August of 2019, it was a powerful experience. It was like they, fire hosed me down with content uh it it, from that thursday afternoon all the way to the tuesday of the following week nothing but content 
John and his faculty, amazing speakers, yep. platinum level performers, and just taking all that content and trying to at least get a little piece of it. And they tell you to take away one thing and just go with it. Because at the end of the day, you can get jewels all day. But if you have a basically a brain full of jewels, but a pocket full of nothing, then what's the point? So they say take away one thing and do at least one thing from the event. Because I, I, I left that event in tears of joy because it was so powerful seeing John in person because he was because he's in the early 70s. I think he's like 73 at the time when I heard him. And he's better than before. Like, he, I've, I've seen him speak on videos and everything, but seeing him at the event, he really gave it his all at the event. And that's even, a, he's even one of my role models in life. It's like, hey, when I get in my 70s, and hopefully we'll be back to where we can have live events again, is that I want to be on stage the same way, giving content to folks saying, you know what? John was great 40 when he was 40, but man, he's even better today. <laughs> well, Dom, you're like, I think somewhere in your 30s, right? Let, let's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's get back to live events before you're 70. Oh my gosh. That was <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so you, you get into Toastmasters, obviously you had a lot of success there. What did you learn and did you have any struggles through that process? Because now you're leading people. Yeah. And Toastmasters is a leadership laboratory. I'm glad I joined Toastmasters. Anyone seeking to be a leader, grow as a leader, or even probably go into management if anyone's listening to you as a day job and they want to advance while they're building up their passions, or they just want to be an entrepreneur, join Toastmasters, become a club officer, and go as far as you can go because I've learned so many valuable lessons. One of them was to make sure that you keep yourself motivated because not everyone is going to be as motivated as you to succeed and not everybody's going to be able to keep up with you because my year as club president, when I was club president of a club, it was the rebuild year because two years before I was the lowest ranking officer. We had a guy who was in sales. He kept on bringing everybody in the club, his friends and everybody. We had probably had about a good 40 some members then the following year became vice president of education. And when the president left, some of his friends left. So basically had to manage what was left. And then we lost even more members at the end of that year. Then the year I became president. We were down to 21 members. And probably about a month later, we went down to 13. So after that, I basically had to try to manage what was left over to build ourselves back up to get 13 new members. And I lost three officers that year to because because in every Toastmasters club, you have about seven officers and everyone plays their parts. And I was the president that year and three of them. My treasurer, he had he disappeared for three months because he was getting a new house and he had to do a lot of moving. Another guy, he he was shy, looking for public speaking tips. He was a great dude, really, really funny guy. But I, one thing that scared him away is that, that's another thing too, is that if you have high expectations for people, don't tell them all at once. Because he gave a presentation one day that was so polished, so refined, and so funny that had the whole club laughing that myself and two other members were like, you guy, you are going to represent our club in the humor speech contest because they do speech contests. And when the meeting was near over, he was in the backseat holding his head and his teeth were shattering. I'm like, oh, wow, I think we scared him. And I didn't see him after that. So 
oh. them and all, all that. And basically I was stuck doing most of the work for probably six out of the 12 months. And really through those, that time, those were just a couple lessons. Like one, making sure that you stay motivated to keep focused on your goal and your why and try to inspire people, but don't expect them to always keep up with you. You have to be a pace setter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's great advice. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, kind of probe a little bit because you uh, you've written three books and, and, you know, and, and a lot of people love to write books and they talk about writing books and they, you know, I think 85% of people, there was a survey I just heard recently have a desire to write a book and yet you've written three of them. So tell me about what it's that process of, of publishing the book and what setbacks did you have, if any, and how did you get through them? Yes. So with writing, you can take it in many ways. There's the classic advice of writing every day. And you don't have to write every day because with my first, well, actually all three of my books, to be honest, I didn't write every day. I had a schedule, but I didn't write every day. So basically finding your schedule, finding out what works for you and ink it when you think it, because inspiration comes sometimes at inconvenient moments where you may not be able to type something in your computer or whatever. So I always keep a notepad with me or some, as well as good two pens, one for backup in case one doesn't work. So that way when I have a good idea, I can write that down. Right. Especially when I'm working out because a couple parts of my book came out of me just having a good sweating session in the gym. Back when I was doing CrossFit, it was like in the middle of the summer, looking like I just came out of a baptismal pool with all the sweat I was having and just had this one random idea and I just started writing a bunch of words and that became the last chapter book number two and it's just really just making sure that you're being open to receiving so making sure you set yourself up for a schedule making sure you write 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 ink it when you think it because you may have inspiration that'll come straight out the blue so you have to be always ready to receive ideas and another thing about that is, is to also realize to not compare yourself to other people because with book number two, Stay the Course, that book came right after I lost my father to dementia. And it was one heck of a process. I had to deal with the grief. Right. And before book number two, book number one in between, I started a podcast and I started talking with millionaires and a bunch of all these other successful people. And in the title, Elite Performance, I'm like, I'm talking to these wonderful people who got bigger followings than me. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to write about Elite Performance? I'm like, what the heck? And I just had to get over that darn imposter syndrome and stop comparing myself to other people and realizing that even though they have their own version of success, there may be folks that I can reach that they may not reach. Like your story, your book, there are people that you can reach that others may not reach. And sometimes we have to hear things multiple times before we get it, because as soon as people start hearing something, they're sick and tired of hearing something, they're just beginning to get it. And when your people are sick and tired of hearing something, they're just then beginning to get it. And when you hear something enough, it'll finally click like, hey, and you could be that final click that they need to really get over that edge, that next bump. So making sure that you still write anyway, no matter how saturated it may seem to be out there because folks still need your story. Well, you know, Dom, you just, there's two things. I think we came up with the subtitle for your podcast, which is ink it when you think it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So we'll give you credit for that. 
And then I think you just triggered something even in my mind as an aha. And that is because I have a desire to write a book and, and I've actually got titles already set. And, and yet uh, what you shared is something I thought about, like, okay, so my book's going to be next to somebody else's on the shelf. And who am I, you know, who am I to say that? And yet you just thought, said something very powerful. And I want to come back to it in that it's, it, if you're writing a book for the money, you're probably writing it for the wrong reason. You write a book to impact and contribute to other people's lives. You do a podcast to contribute and impact other people's lives. We're doing this to impact and contribute other people's lives. And if you focus on that, everything else will fall into place. And, and you just brought more clarity to that. So I want to thank you for that. Um, so how do you develop? I want to ask you a question. How do you develop a rock solid mental mindset? You know, we're, in, we're, we're going through this pandemic and you know, I even know for me, you know, sometimes I get grumpy about, you know, we're shut down here. We don't, we can't go to our restaurants in our state. We have to go across the state lines. I feel like I'm a criminal driving across the state. Lines. <laughs> yeah. We go have dinner. I mean, seriously, seriously. Yeah, like, you know, over your yeah. shoulder going, am I being followed into the state over to have dinner? And so, so what do you do to keep that, that rock solid mindset? Yes, indeed. So what I do for this is that I put in an acronym called RAVE, R-A-V-E. And don't worry, I'm not going to pull out any glow sticks. My Zoom background should be enough glow for it if folks are watching this on YouTube. And subscribe to Pat's channel if you haven't already. But the R in RAVE stands for reading, reading great materials, not just books, but something inspirational, something quick to get inside of your mind. The A is for audio immersion, kind of like earlier, listening to great podcasts, great audio books. V for visual stimulation. Our eyes can basically see up to 10,000 images at a time, rapid pace, rapid pace all at once, 10,000 images. So making sure that you keep your eyes in front of something that'll benefit you as opposed to make you feel bad. So in other words, avoid listening and watching the news all day. Get, get your quick five minutes of news, preferably online, or if you want to turn on the TV, if you have, if you still have a TV in your home for that purpose, like get it real quick and then just go about your day. And the E for is for encouragement, encouraging yourself and other people, because there's days you're going to have to encourage yourself when no one else is around and people around you are going to still need encouragement because with this whole pandemic nonsense, that's been flipping everybody on top of their heads and kind of resetting a lot of things is that it gives you time to really reconnect with people. I've reconnected with quite a few people thanks to basically having to stay at home and work from home. And right. it's like, all right, cool. Must have talked to someone I haven't talked to in a while. And they appreciate that. It's like, oh, it's dumb. Like it's been months. And it's like, hey, this is good. And you don't even have a baby. That's good. That's good. You didn't bring me a baby either with the dark conversation. And just really just remind people like, hey, you matter. You make a difference no matter where you are, because if you're alive, you still have something to do. If your heart's still beating, you have right. something to do on this planet, no matter how small it is. Like that one small thing can probably impact one other person that may inspire that one million group of people. So R-A-V-E, just reading great material, audio immersion, immersing yourself with great audio material, V, visual stimulation, making sure that you have good brain care, putting your eyes in front of things that'll benefit you and E encouragement, encouraging yourself and others. I love that. I love that one. And what a great acronym. So, 
you, you talked about your podcast and we'll, we'll uh, get to that here in just a second. So as you've gone through that podcast and, and you know, you've interviewed elite performers, what have you learned are some of the habits that they practice daily? Uh, yeah, some of the practice, the habits they practice daily, making sure that a good day starts the night before, because that's really where the magic happens the night before, because if you set a positive intention for the next day, before you go to bed, your brain will get cooking in subconscious ways of right. making that happen. Because I've noticed a big difference as opposed to when I write my goals on the day of, as opposed to the night before. And another thing that I've learned recently was creating a victory log. So I'm sure there's a lot of folks who may have listened and heard of the secret where you have a gratitude journal. Well, how about you make a journal of your victories? That could be also encouraging to you. Right. And you'll basically, basically create a book of proof. Like woke up today, victory number one, made a call today to that client that I haven't made yet. That's another victory. Heck, even get a new sale, get on a podcast. The podcast went live and folks enjoyed it. Got a bunch of calls from that. Was able to call a relative and they was able to help them out. Just writing down all these victories and keeping track of those. And heck, even reflecting on it from time to time, because that's going to be your book of proof to remind you that you've made progress over life and that's really what folks need because sometimes we tend to forget how far we've come if you don't document your progress so always document your progress because those who are deliberately those who want deliberate success they are deliberate about intentionally wanting it and they do things that deliberately point them to where they want to be and what they want to get out of life so I want to ask you this question and yet I'm going to change it a little bit so uh, I don't offend anybody because I love it. <laughs> said, so, you know, what are three skills that millennials and I'm like, what about us old folks, right? Like, let's not forget us old folks. So what are three skills that we should develop right now for the, the, the times that we're in? Yes, indeed. Actually, the first one to point that out. I just put millennials in there since that's, that's the buzzword. Okay. No, I've, I've got millennials in the household. Yeah, Dom, I've got millennials in the household. I get it. I get it. But yeah, three skills, the three skills, it and they branch off because it's kind of hard to put it down to three, but I'll put in three separate categories. So the first one is financial literacy. That's something that they don't teach in school, and we all need financial literacy advice. I, I wish I invested in Bitcoin when I first heard about it. <laughs> Well, based upon what I've heard recently, it still is a good time to get into it, right? Based upon what they're projecting, but I get it, right? They don't, they don't teach any of this in school. Mm -hmm. And the skill, the second skill would be effective communication and a lot of subcategories under that. Public speaking is the major thing because you have to be able to effectively communicate with others, no matter what job you're in. Heck, even... As a librarian, you actually have to do speaking because story times of kids communicating to upper management, working across systems and across the country with other librarians. So public speaking under communication, written as well, because you can't put emojis on a resume and expect to get hired. You can't really say like, okay, LOL, something is fabulous. Like you, you, you can't really do that. So making sure effective and body language under that too. That's another thing, being able to read body language. So right. the big ones, communication under that umbrella, public speaking, written communication and body language. And the third one is being able to build and maintain positive relationships, especially with wonderful people like yourself and those that bring value to the world. Because one of the biggest 
aha moments in my life was when I had Doug Vermeer on my podcast in summer of 2020. And he mentioned how he doesn't want to get a millions of followers on social media, even though that would be nice is the fact that he wants to focus on, all right, so who has the audience I need and who has the dollars I need to really make this happen and just focusing on those who have the influence, have the power, have the wealth that he's looking for and to be able to tap into that as opposed to going the route of just feeding your ego all the time and trying to get a bunch of social media followers when that doesn't always transfer to the amount of money that you're making. Right. It makes perfect sense, right? I mean, it absolutely makes perfect sense. What, um, what's been the biggest uh, uh, challenge you've had to overcome in your journey? And, you know, you're relatively young compared to me. Um, and yet, you know, what you, you've accomplished a lot. And, and yet we all have setbacks, right? The success of Sen is about the journey and it's up. And yet sometimes it's sideways or backwards. So what's been your biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? And how did you do it? Yeah, yeah that, that's a darn good question because there's a couple. Um, overcoming imposter syndrome, that was a big one because that one, that one was definitely a big one because uh, because the first book I said uh, the second book was going to come out, but what really helped me to overcome that was not only telling myself I still have the message to share and people that I can reach that others may not reach, but also I had an accountability buddy as well mm-hmm. because I had a co- colleague of mine. His name was Robbie. Love the guy. I like to call him the gentle giant because, dude, uh, I think he's like six six. He's probably about a good two eighty pounds. Real soft-spoken dude, but I could tell it's like, all right, if you just push the wrong button, make him mad, he could probably break you in half. Like, I just like I like I, I know it's in him. I know it's in him. Yeah. But like every time when a workshop would begin, it's like Dom, so how's the book coming along? I'd be like, Oh man, I got a page in. Hey Dom, how's the book coming along? And just those prodding of questions every now and then back and forth, like as it got close to the date, because I said October. 2018 it was going to happen and it didn't happen that day it got delayed okay. and that's another thing too like delays are not denials like they're it's okay to put something on delay if you still finish because there's a nice old phrase that nice guys finish last but hey at least they finished like come on that's the that's the main thing a lot of people don't even finish more people don't even start yeah. so make, making sure that you also get accountability that was those are the really the steps to take to overcome that is because even though there's still some hidden grief, there was also just that comparison and making sure that I told others about my goals that mm-hmm. have good memories and that really care about you and that really have no ill intent because he could have, because I told him about it, he could have just forgot about it, but he kept sure. reminding me. Sure. We all need people to remind us of what we said we we're going to do. Well, and you've talked about that imposter syndrome a couple of times. And, and, you know, I would just expand that we all have it at times, right? I mean, there, you know, when people had to start to pivot into, you know, March and April last year, there were probably people who had imposter syndrome because now they got to do something different or do it differently. And you have business owners who started businesses and now they got to be successful in their mind to be able to do that. So, so I love that you, uh, that you brought that up. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about this podcast you have called Going North. Now I'm North, I'm in Minnesota. So you just know that I relate to that a lot. It's like, I saw the title when I was doing the research and I was like, Going North, I love that. Darn it, I didn't think of it. (laughs) You're you're 300 some, 350 episodes in. 
Yeah, it's yeah, it's in. I, I, yeah, 2020, like that, a lot of bad things happened, but a good thing that happened last year is that 141 episodes went live last year, and 135 of those authors that appeared on the show were new authors for the first time on the show. So even though 2020, it, I'm still sorry for the folks who've lost lives, but there was still some solace that came out of it. Yes. And that podcast is one of my biggest displays of serving leadership to the world because the like like kind of like with your podcast it's a passion project right and the success of set that's no name to, to sneeze at either because i love that name I'm like yeah this is good got some synergy here this is freaking awesome and the major thing about the show is to realize and help folks realize that success is tangible no matter where you come from because i've had folks who have Heck, even come one episode coming out in February, a 17-year-old kid who wrote his self, first self-help book and another kid who got straight out of high school writing his first little fiction novel, interviewed them two all the way to folks who've actually created million-dollar businesses, even lost their millions and had to try to rebuild back. Heck, even like Antonio T. Smith, one of the most high-profile folks I've had on the show was that him himself, he actually was eating out of trash cans as a kid and he was homeless and he had to memorize textbooks to do his homework wow. and even though that sucked at the time that helped him later in life when he's learning multiple languages when he's doing business in, in, in india right. so i'm like dude so just basically contributing to the world bringing folks from all sorts of walk different walks of life and helping folks realize that you too can write your book you too can have your own version of success no matter where you are no matter what color, creed, or race you come from. You can have your own slice of pie in life and eat it too. Yeah, what a great message is, but particularly in the world that we live in today, right? Um, so let's let's shift gears, Adam. And uh, I always ask folks on our show, uh, what's the best advice that you've ever been given that hopefully you follow? <laughs> I like how you put hopefully that you follow. <laughs> yeah, that one's a tough for me. Like the, these two, it's because it, I've gotten a got a probably a good amount of good advice, a good amount of it. I'd have to say one of them was from a book that Guy Kawasaki wrote, The Art of the Start, is that go into business to make meaning and not money. Because when you go into business to make meaning, the dollars will come, but and, and yeah, you still have to have sales, you still have to sell your product. But if you come from a place of meaning and you actually want to help people then that'll be a lot better than just trying to make it all about money because money's not going to keep you motivated. Folks, sometimes on a day job, be like, you know what? I should probably go for that management position because it'll be a bigger salary. Right. But at the end of the day, when you get there, you're pulling your hair out and you're like, why the fudge did I sign up for adult daycare? Get me out of here. Yeah. And just really going to business to make meaning. Heck, that goes for just about anything in life. Just making sure to go into whatever you're doing to make a positive difference. I like it. That's that's great advice. And it sounds like a great book. I'm going to have to put that on the reading list. So let's flip that upside down. What's the worst advice you've ever been given that hopefully you didn't follow? And if you did, uh, we still want to hear what's the worst advice you think you've ever been given? I'm surprised this actually came in my head when you asked it, because I didn't think of an answer before the show after listening to a few of your past episodes. But this one in particular, back in 2015 in Toastmasters, I listened to a speech and one of the guys, he mentioned how he uses a mind map to basically go basically get his speeches together. 
And I was coming down to my 10th speech in Toastmasters, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to try this mind map thing. Basically, where you put a central idea in the middle of the page, and then you branch it off into little spider webs and try to make little word bubbles and whatnot. And it, it felt good in terms of the creative process. But in terms of organizing my presentation, the whole room was confused because I was trying to, I was trying to fuse three different ideas, three different stories that in my head made sense. Right. But when looking at the audience, it didn't make sense to them. So if anyone's familiar with mind mapping, it's a great tool to use and do. Yeah. But just not for presentations. I'd, I'd say that's pro it's probably best to not use that if you're going to give like a speech or something. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, I'm going to I'm going to ask you to kind of get ready for your or a final thought before you leave us, Dom. And, and just, you know, here's what I would say. Um, you shared some um, incredible ideas today and, and, you know, your journey of success. Um, you are such a great example of someone who's made decisions to be successful and, and you've taken paths that I think are very fundamental. You know, Toastmasters is a very fundamental organization. John Maxwell, very fundamental organization, you know, and, 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 and I, just, I just love that that path has gotten you where you are today. And now, you know, you've decided to take an, a niche, if you may, and, and that's a positive statement, where I'm gonna interview people, authors who are releasing books. And it goes back to what you said in the beginning, where you know, not everybody has access to all of the information and yet you're taking and, and saying, hey, I want to talk to people who just have written books and then sharing that information. So I just, I love that. I just so love that. So I'm, I'm just so grateful we had you on the show today. So what would you share with our listeners as a final thought before we leave today? Uh, yes, indeed, a final thought. I'd have to say, never hesitate to show gratitude. Never hesitate to show gratitude because back in 2017 it was a Toastmasters meeting funny enough so a lot of bread warming mentioned in this episode where we were in the table topics portion practice off the cuff speaking and one of the questions I received was what three people in your life are responsible for your success today the oh first wow. two what, a, what a great question by the way oh my gosh what a great question yeah it, 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 it is I'm like all right wow I'm, I'm like dang and the first two names were easy, both my parents, David and Ella Brightman. And after probably about 90 seconds, we only had two minutes to answer the question, so I couldn't even go through all three names. And since the person given the questions, he was a friend of mine. He told me, it's like, all right, now your mission is to go thank them. This was probably two days after we had a meeting deciding whether or not we had to put our father in a feeding tube because he wasn't able to eat anymore. So I ran to the nursing home to meet him. And in my quickness, I forgot the visiting hours were over because the meeting was over at 930 and it was about 10 p.m. when I got there. Yeah. So I went back the following morning to thank my father for everything that he did for me, because without him, I wouldn't be here today having this conversation with you because he inspired me to chase after my dreams and always stay educated. And he passed away five days later after that. Wow. So if there's someone in your life who has helped you to get to where you are today, no matter where you are, find them and thank them if they're still alive, because you never should hesitate to show gratitude. Don, that's a great way to, to end. And, and uh, obviously, gratitude is such a high energy state. And so I'm so glad that you reminded me and our, our listeners of that. So ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I want to I want to thank Dom for being with us today. I so appreciate your time. And and uh, I know our listeners are going to absolutely enjoy this episode. 
So thank you so much, Don. We appreciate it. Woohoo! Thank you, Pat. You're the man. Yeah, I appreciate it. And for our listeners, as you know, we are so grateful when you take the time to share our podcast, subscribe at The Success Ascent, www.thesuccessascent.com or your favorite podcast subscriber uh, source. And as I always share with you at the end of the show, be safe, be healthy, and have an awesome day. Take care, everybody. If you've not yet subscribed, please go to your favorite podcast source and subscribe to The Success Ascent or simply go to www.thesuccessascent, and that's A-S-C-E-N-T dot com, thesuccessascent.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We look forward to catching you on the next Ascent.